ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of al-imam an-nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala in the last class we finished with the last pillar or article of faith al-iman bil-qadr khayrihi wa sharrihi believing in the divine decree the good of it and the bad of it and we covered that belief in the divine decree with ahlus sunnah wal jamaa is a four levels for matters number one, the knowledge of allah ilmullah bi kulli shay azlan wa abadan that allah has knowledge of all things always and forever nothing escapes the knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah his knowledge is perfect so before a thing takes place allah he knows what's going to happen and those matters that did not take place allah knows what would have happened had they taken place or had he decreed them Allah's knowledge is perfect and nothing escapes the knowledge of Allah. The second matter is al-kitabah that Allah he wrote the decrees of that which is going to take place in the creation in al-lawh al-mahfuz and the preserved tablet. And this was 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and earth. and that which is written in the preserved tablet is by way of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the third matter al-mashiah the will of Allah whatever Allah wills takes place and whatever Allah does not will does not take place and this is in relation to the universal will the universal will because in the universal will there is good and bad and the bad that's present is present by the will of Allah but as we covered this is a test and a trial for the people and it doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with evil or that Allah forces the people to do evil and the last matter is the creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything you only have two things that exist al-khaliq and al-makhluq the creator and the creation Allah is the khaliq and everything besides Allah is makhluq Allah is the creator and everything other than Allah is creation now here's a question 
how do we understand the statement of Allah فَتَبَارَكَ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ We say Allah alone is the creator But in the verse in Surah Al-Mu'minun Allah Azza wa Jah He says فَتَبَارَكَ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِقِينَ Blessed be Allah the best of the creators in the plural So are there or is there more than one creator or is Allah the only creator? Huh? Tayyip, so then how do we understand the verse where Allah mentions creators? Either he, the blessed be Allah, the best of the creators. Anyone? Yes. The word creators is there, yes. In comparison to the creation, like creation also Allah says he's the best of the creators. And then we say that there's only one creator. But the verse, Allah says he's the best of the creators. Mentioning creators in the plural. So what if someone comes and says this is a contradiction in your religion? You say there's only one creator, but in the verse it says Allah is the best of the creators. So there's more than one creator. Yes. Hmm. Now that's the royal we. But not in this situation. Allah is the best of the creators. The creation makes things. However, the difference is that the creation makes things from that which is already created. So linguistically, it falls under the category of something being made, something being created or brought into existence. However, they, the creation can only bring something into existence by using something else that already exists and then change the form of it and then make it into something else. Human beings have the ability to do that. As for Allah, Azzawajal, He creates from nothing. Allah says, Kun fayakun, be and then it is. No human being has that ability. So when we say that Allah alone is the creator, meaning Allah alone creates from nothing. Yeah. As for the ability of a human being to make something, we don't deny this. Yes, this can happen. A human being can make something. A human being can make a car. A human being can make an airplane. A scientist can make a discovery or make something from stem cells. And other than that, we don't deny this. But no one from creation has the ability to create from nothing. So when Allah says, فَتَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالِكِينَ Blessed be Allah, the best of the creators. Allah is the best of the creators because Allah creates from nothing. Whereas when creation makes something, they have to use something that's already created to make something else. So a part of the belief in the qadr is that Allah is the creator. And everything besides Allah is creation. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He brought the creation into existence after it was in the state of non-existence. So we've completed the six pillars or six articles of faith. Anyone who disbelieves in these articles of faith, believing in Allah, the person disbelieves in Allah. The person is a kafir. The person disbelieves in the angels or the messengers or the books or the last day. The person is not a believer. The person is not a Muslim. As for the Qadr, then there is details. Whoever denies the knowledge of Allah, then this individual is a disbeliever according to the consensus of the scholars. Because this goes against what's in the Quran. Allah Azza wa Jal describes himself as being Al-Alim. The all-knowing. So someone says, Allah does not know what the servant is going to do until after he does it. This is disbelief. 
As for those who do not deny the knowledge, but they deny the writing of the knowledge, then you have some of the scholars who say that these individuals are also disbelievers. That these individuals are also disbelievers. And then you have another group, they say that these individuals are not disbelievers, and they are people of innovation who have not left the fold of Islam. So these six matters are the six articles, the foundations of faith. And a person's iman is not established without them. You have to have or you have to believe in these six articles of faith. And when it comes to iman, the scholars, they mention there are levels of faith. You have al-iman al-kamil, complete faith. You have al-iman al-wajib, the obligatory faith. And then you have aslul iman, the foundation of faith or the origin of faith. Al-iman al-kamil and al-iman al-wajib yadkhulu bihi sahibuhu al-jannah. The one who has complete faith and the one who has the obligatory faith, this person enters into the paradise by way of that. And the one who has complete faith, he has a higher level than the one who just has the obligatory faith. And the one, وَالَّذِي مَعَهُ أَصْلُ إِيمَانِ but the one who he just has the origin of faith, this person is under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, Allah will punish this person. And if Allah wills, Allah will forgive him. Meaning the person is a Muslim, but he has not fulfilled that which is obligatory upon him to fulfill in relation to faith. He's naqas, yani naqas. He was, he's naqas al iman. He's deficient in his faith. Meaning there are sins there. From the kaba'ir, major sins, and other than that, that cause his faith to decrease. These, the person, the people with the complete faith, <coughs> we're going to get, we're going to cover that, inshallah. You find in the text that the Prophet ﷺ negated faith from individuals who indulge in certain acts of disobedience. As an example, the Prophet ﷺ, he stated, Wallahi la yu'minu. Wallahi la yu'minu. Wallahi la yu'minu. Qila. وَمَنْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالَ أَلَّذِي لَا يَأْمَنُ جَارُ لَا يَأْمَنْ جَارُهُ بَوَاعِقَهُ The Prophet ﷺ swore by Allah three times. I swear by Allah, he does not believe. I swear by Allah, he does not believe. I swear by Allah, he does not believe. It was said, and who are you referring to, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the one whose neighbor is not safe from his evil. Tayyib. What is the meaning here? La yu'minu. Yani huwa al-kafir? La. Wa muslim. Walakin naqas al-iman. When the Prophet says he does not believe, does this mean the person is a disbeliever? No. What, mean, what it means here is that this person, his faith is deficient. So when the Prophet is negating from him Iman, he's negating from him that he has complete faith or he has the mandated faith. Because remember, Barakallah Fikum, faith is not just something in the heart. Faith is belief of the heart, speech of the tongue, and actions of the body parts. So from that which is obligatory from faith is that you're not supposed to harm your neighbor. That's a part of obligatory faith. You are not supposed to harm your neighbor. 
This individual, he's a Muslim, he harms his neighbor. Okay, he's not this. He's, he's deficient. He's missing something that is mandated in the religion. As the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, "Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir fayukrim jara." That whoever believes in Allah in the last day, then let him let him honor his neighbor. Let him honor his neighbor. So honoring the neighbor is an obligation in Islam. You can't harm your neighbor in Islam. But the Muslim, he harms his neighbor. So the Prophet negated from him iman. He says, I swear by Allah he doesn't believe. I swear by Allah he doesn't believe. I swear by Allah he doesn't believe. Who, O Messenger of Allah, are you referring to? The one whose neighbor is not safe from his harm. So meaning here, he's missing something from his faith. If this individual dies in this state, He's under the will of Allah. If he dies in the state of harming his neighbor, and this is a major sin here, whenever you find a hadith or a text negating from a person iman, that means that that's a serious crime in Islam. It's a serious offense. Because for the Prophet to say that somebody doesn't believe, that's not a light thing. It's not a light matter. I'll give you another example. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزني الزاني حين يزني وهو مؤمن ولا يشرب الخمر حين يشربها وهو مؤمن ولا يسرق السارق حين يسرق وهو مؤمن The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he stated the one who commits illegal sexual intercourse the one who commits zina He's not a believer at the time he commits zina. And the one who consumes intoxicants in khamr is not just beer and wine. Khamr is anything that intoxication. Crack, marijuana, opium, anything that intoxicates a person falls under the category of khamr because of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu uh, everything that intoxication is considered to be khamar and all khamar is haram. So anything that intoxicates you, it falls under the category of being khamar. And if a Muslim, he drinks khamar, and we're going to come to that. So the Prophet said, The person does not consume intoxicants, and he's a believer at the time that he consumed intoxicants. And the one who steals is not a believer at the time that he is stealing. Does this mean that the person who commits zina has left the fold of Islam? Or when the person steals, he has left the fold of Islam. Or when the person consumes intoxicants, he has left the fold of Islam. No. No. Because a proof that the person has not left the fold of Islam for these crimes. Look at Abdullah, who was nicknamed Himar. That was his nickname. His laqab, Himar. He used to make the Prophet laugh. But he used to fall into the sin of drinking khamr. And many times he was brought to the Prophet for this offense of drinking khamr and he would be punished. So one time he was brought and then a companion said to him, ما أكثر ما like how many times you have been brought for this offense of drinking khamr, may the curse of Allah be upon you. What did the Prophet Wasallam say? لا تلعنه فإنه يحب الله ورسوله The Prophet said, don't curse him, for indeed he loves Allah and his messenger. So even though he drank khamr and he was punished for it, the Prophet Wasallam established that he had love, which is a part of iman. He had love for Allah and His Messenger. So this is a proof to show that what's intended here, that the person is not a believer at the time he is consuming intoxicants, meaning that he does not have complete faith, that he is deficient in faith, and not that he is a kafir. 
But see, the Khawarij and the likes of the Mu'tazila, these individuals have taken these texts to mean that the person has left the fold of Islam. And this is not the understanding of the Prophet wasallam and the Sahaba. Another proof, the one who, drink, the one who drinks khamr, لَا تُقْبَلْ مِنْهُ صَلَاتُهُ أَرْبَعِينَ يَوْمًا The one who consumes intoxicants, his prayer is not accepted for 40 days. If the person was a kafir, then his prayer is not accepted, period. Not no, only 40 days and then, alright, that's it, his prayer is accepted. This is a proof to show that what's intended here, that the person is deficient in his iman. His iman is naqas. Not that he has any kharaja min al islam That he has left from the realm of Islam. The same thing, another narration. The Prophet Sallallahu said, Sibabul Muslim Fusuq wa qitaluhul kufr. Cursing a Muslim, verbally cursing a Muslim is corruption. Fighting him is kufr. What's intended here, fighting him is kufr? The person is a kafir? No. Meaning, this is the behavior of the disbelievers. This is from the acts of the disbelievers, and his faith is deficient. What's the proof? When two parties from amongst who? The believers fight one another. Allah described them as being believers, even though they have, they're, they're falling into fighting. So you have to take all of the texts into consideration. Don't just take one narration, one ayah, kufr, khalas, kafir. No, you have to take everything into consideration. And this is the way of the Prophet Sallallahu and the Sahaba. Another example, the Prophet Sallallahu said, لا إيمان لمن لا أمانة له That there is no faith for the one who does not have trust. Meaning the one who does not fulfill the trust and protect the trust, he doesn't have faith. You lend or you ask your brother to hold some wealth for you. It's in a manner. He spends the money. Kafir. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu you want to say, you're a disbeliever now. The Prophet sallallahu said, whoever doesn't have a man, he doesn't have no faith. You spent the money that was in a manner. Like that? No. It's not the meaning of that. Well, the Prophet sallallahu when he was in the sulk, and he put his hand inside of the food, and it was wet on the bottom. And he said, so-and-so, what is this? He said, it rained. So I put the wet part on the bottom and the dry part on top. He said, shouldn't you have put the wet part on top so the people can see it? Man ghashana falaysa minna. Any ma'nahu al-kafa? La. The Prophet said, whoever deceives us is not from us. Does it mean he has left the fold of Islam? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Rather, what's meant is that this individual is not following the way of the Prophet Because from the mannerisms of Islam, from the mannerisms of the Sunnah, the mannerisms of the Qur'an, is that we don't, we don't cheat the people, we don't deceive people. But now if a Muslim, a Muslim, he falls into deceiving people, he has left the fold of Islam? No, he has not. But is it a serious offense? Yes, it is. So one has to be mindful not to fall into declaring Muslims to be disbelievers based upon sins. Except for those matters that are major kufr, major shirk. That's what takes a person outside of the fold of Islam. Worshipping other than Allah. That takes a person outside of the fold of Islam. Another narration. إِذَا زَنَ الرَّجُلُ خَرَجَ مِنْهُ الْإِيمَانِ كَانَ عَلَيْهِ كَالذُّلَّةِ وَإِذَا قَلَعَ رَجَعِ إِلَيْهِ الْإِيمَانِ That when the person commits zina, his iman leaves from him and it's over him like a shadow. Or like a shade. And when he stops committing the act, it returns back to him. So they say, see look, it says his iman left. Meaning the completeness of his faith or the obligatory aspect of faith. Not his entire iman. Right? Not his entire iman. 
And on top of that, even the hadith itself is a proof against him because it says he's in the shade of it. <laughs> it's over him still. He's still under it, right? It didn't just leave him in the, he, totally. No, he's under the shade. And then it goes back when he leaves off the act. Now. So there are many texts that are uh, similar to these texts which mentions whoever does such and such is not a believer or whoever does such and such is not from us like the hadith لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ وَالْجَاهِلِيَّةِ That whoever slaps the cheeks like in the times of calamities and they rip their garments and they call with the call of the pre-Islamic times of ignorance this person is not from us meaning the person is not following the way of the sunnah or like a hadith that the Muslim is one who the other Muslims are safe from his tongue and hands. Okay, there's a Muslim, he verbally abuses other Muslims. There's a Muslim, he hits other Muslims and harms other Muslims physically without, without justification. He's not a Muslim no more? Or is it that he's deficient in his practice of Islam? Which one? He's deficient in his practice of Islam. Except in the case when the person is making the halal I mean the haram halal. So it's not the act now that will cause the person to be a disbeliever. It's what? Declaring that which Allah has made haram to be halal. That puts a person outside of the fold of Islam. The one who makes the haram halal, knowing that Allah made it haram, he has left the fold of Islam. Because now this is deny you now. This is denial, different from a person who's doing wrong and he knows he's wrong. Like a person who believes that the five daily prayers are not obligatory, but he prays them. Muslim or kafir? A person believes. Muslim or kafir? Huh? La kafir. لأنه يعتقد هذه الصلوات ليست واجبة. فمن من من أجل اعتقاده خرج من الإسلام ولو صلها. That's the point. As the brother, a person he believes the five prayers are not obligatory, but he makes them. Is he a Muslim or not? He's not a Muslim because of him not believing that the five prayers are obligatory. That's a part. You have to believe the five prayers are obligatory. Even though he makes them, he's denying something that Allah has made obligatory that's known. It is known that the Muslims have to pray five times a day. He says a Muslim doesn't have to pray five times a day, but he prays. Or a Muslim says... Or a person says, you don't have to make hajj, but he makes hajj. You don't have to fast Ramadan, but he fasts Ramadan. A person who denies the obligation of these pillars, his belief that these pillars are not obligated has made him leave the fold of Islam, even, even if he does it. Different from the one, he says hajj is obligatory, but he's negligent, he doesn't make hajj, he has the wealth, has the ability. There was a brother And Allah protect us He was uh, He used to be into Comparative religious studies He accepted Islam Took shahada and everything But from him Dwelling into the Bible too much He had came to the conclusion That you don't have to pray The five daily prayers You don't have to you have you got to pray, but you don't have to make the five daily prayers. If you want to pray, you pray. But he made them. That's that's in a deen. That's apostasy. Because he's denying the obligation, even though he's making the prayers, 
he's denying the obligation. The Prophet ﷺ, he received the commandment of the five daily prayers from above the heavens. And he came back and informed the people, Allah has obligated upon you the prayer. Right? Allah has obligated upon you the prayer. Throughout the Quran, establish the prayer. Right? Throughout the text, there's no way to, to say that we do not know that the five daily prayers are obligatory. Except the person who's a new Muslim and is far away from the knowledge, maybe that person, yes. But someone who's a Muslim, grows up in a Muslim country, or is in a Muslim environment, in the masjid, that's known that we have to pray five times a day. So to deny something that's in the Quran or in the Sunnah, to deny you of the act causes a person to be a disbeliever, even if the person does it. Here's the proof. When the people after the time of the Prophet Sallallahu denied the obligation of paying zakat, what happened? Abu Bakr, he fought against them. The zakat. They denied the obligation of paying zakat. You, you understand? Abu Bakr, and, and those wars or those battles was known as the battles against the apostates. Why did they apostate? Because of them denying the obligation of paying zakat. Right. So anyone who denies something that's known from the religion, five prayers, fasting Ramadan, paying zakat, making hajj, and these are things that are known, are known from the religion. This takes a person, because it's like you're denying the Quran now. You deny different from a person who acknowledges that you have to do this, but the person has a weakness. He's negligent. No, that person is still a Muslim. That person is a Muslim. But he's naqas. He's deficient in his iman. So you have to be mindful of the, the, the difference between what puts a person outside of the fold of Islam and what does not put a person outside of the fold of Islam, but is still causes the person's faith to decrease. No. Uh, Why is he closing the masjid? Maybe he has an obligation to tend to and there's no one else to keep the masjid open. What you talking about? Have you not seen the one who prevents the slave when he wants to pray? It could be a reason for that. You can't just put a blanket ruling on the person and they have to investigate. Why? Maybe it was an emergency. He's the keeper of the master, but he had an emergency. He had to leave. There was no one there. To... Allah knows best. Did you ask him? Did you volunteer to... You keep the master open while he goes? And you'll lock it up? Oh, they put you out, huh? <laughs> yes. It's haram. It's haram. But if a person smokes marijuana, doesn't make him a cafe. He's a Muslim still. But his iman is deficient. His iman is deficient. Yes. Now we know what intoxicate, being intoxicated is from. No, as the hadith mentions, kullu muskir, every intoxicant. And you remember the word khamr has in the kha mim ra, which means to cover something. So what it is, what that, that what's being consumed, it covers the aql. It covers it and causes the person to do that which he normally wouldn't do. What the Prophet wasallam said. Al-Khamr Umul Khaba'ath That Khamr is the mother of all evils It makes a man يعني, رجلاً, It'll make a man sleep with his mother 
or his sister or his aunt, meaning from being intoxicated. He'll go and have relations with his own mother from being in the state of intoxication. Because of the state, the level of the people at the time, I mean, as Aisha, as Aisha radiallahu anha mentioned, that the first of that which came down from the Quran, the verses spoke about worshipping Allah. The, the verses spoke about paradise, hellfire. This is, these were the, the first verses that came down, making the people to become established upon faith first. And she said, had the first thing came down, don't commit zina, don't drink khamr, the people would not have believed. But you can't make that excuse now. No, you can't, Sheikh. The deen is complete. It's not debatable. Everybody. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ مَعَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِ وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمْ إِسْلَامَ دِينَ Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Qur'an, this day I have perfected for you. Who is you? The Muslims. Or this day I have completed for you your religion. I have perfected my favor upon you. And I have chosen or I'm pleased for you. Islam is your way of life. So Islam is complete now. Because we cannot say, okay, let's just say as for argument's sake. The time period before Khamar became completely prohibited. Let's just say for argument's sake. Uh, let's say 15 years, 16 years. So now are we going to say when a person comes into Islam, he has 16 years now to stop getting high? No, it teaches us, those, those incidents that happen, it teaches us that things come in stages and to address people uh, in accordance to that which they can handle. However, Allah completed the religion at that time and He knows who's going to come later on. That's a going back to Allah's perfect knowledge. Allah knows the people who's going to come in the future. But there's nothing stating that. And there's no no there's nothing stating in the in the Quran or in the Sunnah. For those who accept this Islam, they have the same grace period as the Sahaba did. So what are, what are you saying? Because you said it's debatable. You're saying there's no difference? What we do, what we do respectfully, we chase people from Islam. That's one... Sheikh, um, the mannerisms of giving dawah and the rules and regulations are two separate affairs. Listen to what I'm saying, Sheikh. Yes, when a person is giving dawah to a person, he needs to focus on La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You don't come attacking the person, this is haram, this is haram, mentioning all the rules and regulations, that's you will chase the person away. But now once the person becomes a Muslim, you have to teach them the religion. You can't say this person has a 16 year grace period because the Sahaba had a 16 year grace period. Okay, but then... Yes, yes, I agree with you. A person has to be wise. Call to the way of your Lord with wisdom. Beautiful admonition and debate with them in a manner that's best. No one is denying this. No one is saying that when you're talking to a person about Islam, just start uh, flooding them with all of the rules and regulations. No, that's not the way to give dawah. <coughs> The way to give da'wah is start from the most important matter to what's important to what's important. When the Prophet wasallam sent Mu'ad to Yemen, he said, Hakatha. Prophet, when he sent Mu'ad to Yemen, he said, you are going to the people of the book. Let the first thing that you call them to be, is to testify that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa If they obey you in that, 
Then tell them that Allah has obligated upon them five daily prayers. If they obey you in that, then tell them that Allah has obligated upon them the, the sadaqah to be taken from the rich and given to them. Yes, it's the mannerisms of giving da'wah. No one is saying a person is interested in Islam, you start telling them all of the matters. No, not everybody. How many let some people know better? May Allah reward them. And those who don't know better, they need to be educated. But to say that a new Muslim has a grace period, okay, because that's what could be understood from your, when you said it, that's debatable. Jazakallah khairan. But it's, it's good that you make the point because we all benefit from it and there's no harm in it. Yes. What, smoking cigarettes? Yes, it's haram. Why? Because it's, it's a harm. The Prophet, the Prophet said, La darar wa la dirar. There's to be no harm or reciprocating of harm. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Wa la taqatulu anfusakum. Don't kill yourselves. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in the, harm, in, in the Quran, Wa la tulqu bi aidikum la tahluka. Don't let your hands be the cause of your destruction. Even the non Muslims, in fact, there's a warning. On the point of cigarette box, somebody's going to say, oh, it's makroor. Something that can cause cancer is dislike, that's it, not haram. Secondhand smoke is dangerous, so now you're not only hurting yourself or harming yourself, you're harming others. And then I say there's third-hand smoke. I mean, subhanAllah, bihamdiya. Smoking is haram, but it's not considered an intoxicant. It's not to where your salat is not accepted for 40 days. That's something different. Wallahu a'lam. But smoking, Muslims should not be smoking. Look at the harms of smoking. Your health. The health of others. Right? The wasting of money. Because now how much cigarettes cost? I don't know. Huh? Almost $15. Is, I mean, people know, right? We see the signs in the store. I'm not seeing anybody here smoke, okay? We see the signs. $15 for cigarettes. One pack of cigarettes. You could have went and bought you a book and learned how to Make dua, learn, teach your children how to make salat. You could have spent that money. You could have bought some milk from your house. You could have bought some water, some cereal for your children. You could have spent that money in a manner that's pleasing to Allah. Fifteen dollars to kill, to harm yourself and to harm others. Well, then Prophet sallallahu wa sallam he mentioned, وَكَرِهَ لَكُمْ ثَلَاثًا قِيلَ وَقَالَ وَكَثْرَةَ السُّؤَالِ وَإِضَاءَةَ الْمَالِ And Allah he dislikes for you three things: gossip. He says, she said, this, Allah, he, he dislikes that. وَكَثْرَةَ uh Excessive questioning. What, mean, what this means here is like the questioning of Bani Israel, of Musa. What kind of cow? What color the cow? All the cows look the same. Or a person begging. Now you know how people sometimes, and they have thousands of dollars in their house. It's haram. You have people who do this. People who are excessive beggars, they make this their job. They go from masjid to masjid in Ramadan, begging, begging. And they have money. It's not that they don't have. They have money. Or the person, he has the story, oh, um, I'm, I, I'm in Long Island, I need some money to get on the train. Right? You see the person there for a whole week. You could have walked to Long Island after this time. Still asking for the same money? Whole week? I mean, come on, like this type of... Allah dislikes that because it's, it's unnecessary begging. If a person needs, they can ask. No, but hold on. <laughs> and then the last matter is the bush is the shahid. It depends what their affair is. It depends the condition of the people. And then the last one is the shahid. وَإِضَاءَةَ mal In the wasting of wealth. Allah dislikes that. This is haram for a person to waste his wealth. The, the, the wealth is a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to be uh, use it in the manner that's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the point or the shahid, these are, these are some of the things that are uh, evil about uh, smoking cigarettes. Tayyip. So we come to the point that there are different levels of faith and people are on different levels of faith just as the faith is of different levels. Not everybody is the same in faith. 
as an example, no one from this ummah, his or her faith is on the level of the faith of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ, his faith is the strongest. And then after the Prophet, you have Abu Bakr, you have Umar. As the people used to say in this narration is on Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, that the people used to say, and they used to say this in front of the Prophet ﷺ, the best of the people after the Messenger ﷺ is Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman. And the Prophet will hear this and he will be silent. Meaning, al-iqrar, yani yukarrir. He will, he will, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Approve. Yeah, approval. He will approve of the statement by way of his silence. So, this shows that these are the best of the Muslims. Their faith is on another level. Like the hadith, the Prophet wasallam, he mentioned that there's gonna come a time, <clears throat> there's gonna come a time when a wolf will come and snatch a sheep. And the shepherd, he would chase after the wolf and get the sheep back. And then the wolf would sit on his tail and say, who's going to be the shepherd over the sheep on the day there is no shepherd except for me? The Sahaba says, subhanAllah, The Sahaba says, subhanAllah, a wolf talking. The Prophet said, ana u'min bidhalik wa Abu Bakr wa Umar. SubhanAllah. But why did the Prophet do that? To show that they, those two companions are on a different level of faith than everybody else. The Prophet said, I believe in it, as well as Abu Bakr and Umar. And then he mentioned the cow, that a man was on top of a cow, riding the cow like it's a horse, and the cow would turn around to him and said, مَا خُلِقْتُ لِهَذَا I haven't been created for this. The Sahaba said, SubhanAllah, بَقَرَةٌ تَتَكَلَّمْ A cow, a talking cow. The Prophet said, أَنَا أُؤْمِنْ بِذَلَكُ وَأَبُوْ بَكَرُ وَأُمَّهِ He said, I believe in this as well as Abu Bakr and Umar. Because the Prophet, he spoke from Al-Wahi, from Revelation. But the shahid of him saying, in Abu Bakr and Umar, shows that those two companions are on a different level than the rest of the people. So the people are not on the same levels of faith. But the more you obey Allah, the stronger your practices of Islam, the stronger your faith. And the more you sin, the weaker your faith. The more you sin, al ma'siyah. They say that iman al khamsa nunnat, the five noons, al i'tiqad bil janan, wal qawl bil lisan, wal amalu bil arkan, yazidu bi ta'ati al rahman, wa yankus bi ta'ati al shaytan. That iman is five noons, at the end of each sentence there's a noon. Iman is al-i'tiqad bil-janan, the belief with the janan, yani the heart. Al-qawlu bil-lisan, there's a noon at the end, the statement of the tongue. Al-amalu bil-arkan, the actions of the limbs. Yazidu bi rahman it increases with being obedient to ar-Rahman, yani Allah. Anytime you obey Allah, your faith goes up. Wa yanqus bi shaytan and it decreases when you obey the shaitan. Anytime you obey shaitan and you disobey Allah, your faith goes down. Your faith decreases. Your faith decreases. What Allah, what the, what Allah says, كَلَّا بَلْ أُرَانَ Nay, or rather, there is a seal upon their hearts for that which they used to earn. The Prophet ﷺ, he explained what the verse means. He said, every time a person commits a sin, that a black spot is placed upon the heart. Nukitat ala qalbihi nukatun sauda. That a black spot is placed upon the heart. If he makes toba, it's removed. But if he continues the sin, it grows and it grows and grows until it eventually covers the heart. That's the person's faith going down, going down, going down. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he mentioned that there are three types of hearts. The heart that is alive, the dead heart, and the sick heart. The heart that is alive, that's the heart of the believer. You know, the one who's strong, al-mu'min, al-qawi. And then you have the heart that's dead. That's the heart of the kafir and the munafiq. Their hearts are dead. And then you have the sick heart. It's alive, but it's sick. That's the heart of the Muslim who's a sinner. 
sick. The sins is a sickness. And it, it harms the person's uh, practice of the deen. It can? Yes, it can. That's a, that's a harm. That's a harm. Without a doubt that your faith goes down and your relationship with Allah weakens. That's, that's a harm. That's a, that's a dangerous situation for one to be in. You know, we, we should not take this matter lightly. You know, don't take sins lightly. Don't say, oh, it's a small sin. Okay, it may not be one of the major sins, but still is having a negative effect. And the more you keep doing the small sins, they pile up. And then it become big. Yes, as the hadith mentions, the, the black spot, a spot, and then you keep sinning, and then it grows, and then it grows, and then it grows, and then it grows. And you know, subhanAllah, the person is in ghafla. He's heedless, you know, he's enjoying the sin. He's smoking, he's doing this, he's partying, he's, and he's not realizing that his heart is becoming covered with the sin. To the point now, he misses salats. Before, he used to be diligent when making salat. Now he's not making salat like he used to be. Now he's becoming negligent when it comes to other affairs. Sins lead to other sins. Or as they say, al-ma'asi buridun al-kufr. That disobedience to Allah, it takes a person eventually to disbelief. Because if you keep sinning and sinning and sinning, maybe eventually you just leave Islam totally. It's possible. So don't play around with your faith. Take your faith very serious. Inshallah ta'ala. Yes, it's time. Inshallah we'll stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Inshallah there will be class next Wednesday. Bi'idhni lahi ta'ala. Wa subhanaka allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta staghfiruka wa antubi ilaik.